Amen. We've been blessed by the messages he's brought us in this series thus far on discipleship. And we're expecting to be blessed again tonight, Brother Bob. Thank you. What a great day to be in, to be in step with the Lord Jesus in an area of discipleship. I want to say this. Um, discipleship, this whole year we've been talking about the theme of God saying to us, prove me. And I will say this, in this area of discipleship, any person who is going to prove God has to be a disciple. You have to be a follower of Christ. And that's one of the things that I find so encouraging about this community and this church is this desire to see more of Jesus. This desire to follow not only him, but actually walk in the steps that Jesus gives us to walk. That's a disciple. And in this series on discipleship, it's the prayers of a disciple. And last week, I used an uh, event in the New Testament, the Great Commission found in Mark 16, of a method you could pray for your family members and loved ones using that Great Commission in actually seeing results. It's the order that God himself, Jesus himself, gave to disciples to pray, and it works. Today I'd like to also talk about another event that's in the New Testament. It's actually in all four of the Gospels. There's only 11 events that are recorded in all four of these Gospels, and this that I'm going to share with you tonight is one of those events. It's the story of John the Baptist, and I'd like to talk a little bit about him and his message and what his message was as he preached proclaiming the Messiah. He pointed out the Messiah, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, as we look towards you to become a disciple, we realize that we can't do this without your supernatural influence in our life. Thank you for the transforming power of the resurrection. And as we walk with you in obedience of asking you to help us to see you, of uh, not just asking, but actually seeing you, and then to trust you in what you say to us, we're going to listen to you. And then to be obedient is the greatest joy any person could have as a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. Now bless this time we have it together in Jesus' name. This is Prayers of a Disciple, Part 2. One of the very first scriptures I'd like to share with you is found out in Isaiah. I'm going back to Isaiah, but this Isaiah 43, 18-19 in the English Standard Version. Isaiah is saying, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What do you picture in your mind when you're praying for your family? We're going to go back to another passage in Isaiah connected to these New Testament references in all four of the Gospels. But I want to bring this out because this is a beautiful picture of you praying for your family, of seeing them in the wilderness. Y'all know the instances in your family, family
family members that are in the wilderness. And Jesus is, when, he's, when you are praying these things the way God's designed for you to pray them, you will see a new thing. He's doing new things in your family. Old things, you don't have to consider these old things. You don't have to consider the old ways. You don't have to doubt. No matter how much in bondage children can become, you've got today the forces of drug addictions. You've got uh, sexual promiscuity. You've got irresponsibility. Uh, some people have children that are incarcerated. You don't have to be depressed and, 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 and be caught up in the old patterns of your family members. You can be realizing that God's doing a new thing in your family, that out of the, out of the wilderness he's going to do a new, new thing. It, it's going to spring forth. I like that. It's springing forth. That's these suddenlies that happen in the families. Uh, it's doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it in this family, in this church, that God's doing a new thing? Yes. I mean, Sunday worship, the, the praise and worship, the Holy Spirit came in and moved amongst us in a profound way. And I was grateful to be here. I hope you were able to experience that as well. But God's making a way in the wilderness. Even when hurricanes come around us, even when turmoil comes around us, God's doing this, and you're going to be able to see it. This event that is found in all four of the Gospels is, I want to talk a little bit about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, around the Christmas story, you hear a lot of him where uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth uh, conceived and bore John the Baptist. And Zechariah is a priest. He was in the temple. Uh, doing priestly duties when the angel Gabriel appeared to him and foretold him of his birth, that he would he would be the one. And the, in this period of history in, in the Israel, they had gone about 400 years without a prophet on the scene. Do you realize how difficult that may have been for people to actually hear a word from God. There was no prophet. And John the Baptist, in making his announcements, I find it interesting that he's in the wilderness. He's not going into Jerusalem and preaching where you'd think he'd go to make that announcement. He's out in the wilderness, and the people have to seek him out. And his message is a very strong message of Repentance. We sang just a few moments ago that song, Victory in Jesus. And, and it says, uh, Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. That's almost not heard of in churches today. Uh, the word repentance means to turn. And that was John the Baptist's message. Uh, they, they, something. There was this spirit, and, and I want to say this. When the spirit of God is upon a person, you know it. It's evident. And in some ways, there's been many churches, and I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying you can experience the Holy Spirit in the driest of churches. 
But I'm just saying, when you see a man of God speak, whether it's in the pulpit or in your own family, you know it. It's evident. Your family sees it, and they're drawn to it. And I'm just saying, whatever it was that John the Baptist had, because he certainly knew the Spirit, he was in the womb. He was in the womb of Elizabeth. When Mary approached and just being in, in the womb, he leapt for joy of just coming near Jesus. Not many people felt that, but John the Baptist felt it. And he not only felt it, he exhibited the power of being the prophet that had gone for 400 years with no prophet. Now here is a prophet in the wilderness, and people were flocking to go out and hear him. His message was strong. We're going to hear that message, but I want to say this. They were drawn because it was a word from God. And if you look at how long that is, 400 years is about twice the history of our nation, the United States. We're at 247 years, is that right? Something like that. Uh, 400 years. That, you realize how long that is a period of time to go without hearing a prophet speak for God. And yet here is John the Baptist on the scene. First scripture I'd like to share from the gospel. I'm going to share this event, but I'm also going to show you a method where you can use, using these scriptures to pray for your own family. Matthew chapter 3, 1 through 3. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Where was John the Baptist? In the wilderness. What was his message? Verse 2. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Will you say this with me? voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. That's a powerful, powerful, powerful. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and introduce the method of how you can use this in a way to pray for your family show you the power of all these scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John the Baptist is pictured as being in the wilderness. But in the last part of this message, I want to take you back to the original Isaiah quote in Isaiah 40 verse 3, and it's a completely different picture. And we'll get there later. But this is the message. You can write this down if you want to. You know those family members who are in the wilderness. Your voice cries out. Not with its stumbling blocks that the enemy's been trying to put in their path, keeping them from seeing the 
grace of God. Oh, God, deliver my loved one out of that wilderness, out of that desert place, and let them, them, them be led to the kingdom of God. That is a powerful prayer when you're praying according to Scripture. The next instance in the Mark, in Mark it's in chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. You'll see here in Mark, Mark says, in the beginning. That's where Mark starts. He starts at the beginning. And I'm just saying, as a disciple, as you pray for your loved ones, this is where you begin. This is the beginning. Last week I talked about the Great Commission. His Great Commission was to go. And everywhere you go, do this. Well, this is at the beginning. In the beginning of the gospel, the gospel is good news. Isn't it? In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, it is written, again, he's referring back to Isaiah, which, by the way, Isaiah wrote this 700 years before the fulfillment of this. Do you want to know, guess how long that is? Uh, 700 years ago was 30 years before the Black Plague, or the bubonic Plague, in uh, gripped Europe for over 400 years. In 1347, the bubonic plague grabbed a hold of Europe and over a third of the people died. That's 700 years ago. In this case, Isaiah prophesied of this event 700 years prior to this, and this is what he said. Behold, going back to verse 2, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. You see, this is the way. He's preparing a way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. When you're praying for your family, it's your voice. Use your voice. Your voice is crying out in the wilderness. Your children are in that wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare that way and make His path straight. It's His path. We get caught up in going our way, don't we? Sometimes we get caught up in that. But when you're praying for the loved ones that have gone astray, pray that they will go His way. That's His path. And this is a powerful prayer. In Luke, in Luke chapter 3, 2 through 5, it goes into a little bit more of Isaiah's passage in Luke. And again, I think because in Luke is where we get the whole story of the Christmas account where John the Baptist is born and he prepares the way and he points Jesus out and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Verse 2, The Word of God came to John. The Word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Again, where is he? And he went into all the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Would you say that with me again? Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every And this goes into what Isaiah is saying in Isaiah 40, verse 3 and Paul. Every valley will be filled, every mountain and hill will be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways. 
when you pray for your family members and you cry out, it's your voice crying out, God, make a way for my family to come out of this desert place. You can picture in your mind the valleys that they're in. I, I've heard of some types of valleys that, oh, no.
crime. Do you see the complete difference in sentence structure? I have no idea why the structure in, in the Old Testament is so different from the structure in the New Testament in all four of the Gospels. But it says, a voice cries, in the wilderness prepare a way for the Lord. Now you're beginning to see this, don't you? You're seeing your family in the wilderness. You know the wilderness. You see this, don't you? In the wilderness prepare a way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Can you picture the people that you really want to pray for? Can you begin to picture them in this situation where they are in the wilderness and God needs to give them directions on how to get out, how to get to safe land? Every valley will be lifted up, which just goes into what Luke was saying. Every mountain and hill will be made low, and uneven ground shall be made, become level, and the rough places are plain. And the glory... listening, but there's action and power and authority that goes out from the words that you speak out of your mouth because you're praying the very word of God back to Him. I want to take ten minutes this time, and again, we've got some questions to think about, and you can select all of these, one of these, two of these, but what I'd like you to do is to compare up with another person and discuss these questions. If you're on the internet listening to this, there'll be some soft music. Rich, are you going to play music or is it Robert? Okay. There'll be some soft music in the background, but these questions, would you write them down? The number one, do you see your own voice crying out to God for your loved ones? Can you, can you write that? What does that look like? Your voice Number two, have you identified the wilderness areas your loved ones in? Can you begin to write those down and identify those areas where your loved one needs help getting out of the wilderness? Number three, by faith, do you see God preparing a road, bringing your loved ones salvation? You know, this is what God intends. So it's, Lord, increase my faith. Because you know your family members, some of them, maybe if, even if they're incarcerated. Lord, help increase my faith to believe you're working in their life. And see God preparing a road, bringing your loved ones to salvation. And number four, identify some of the stumbling blocks for Father to send out angels to remove. He does this because only the Father can, can give angels direction.
directions on what to do. They are ministering spirits of our Father. Let God do that. But when you do pray in this prayer of asking God, if those stumbling blocks, you can even name them, identify them, and ask your Father, would you take care of this? Maybe send one of your angels out ahead of them, removing those stumbling blocks. Without those stumbling blocks preventing their way, they'd have a better access to come closer to God. So we're going to take 10 minutes and we'll get back together. There'll be some quiet music in the background. But take 10 minutes and just pair up with another person starting now.
Thank you. As we come back together, maybe just give... I hope these sessions have been beneficial to you because when we make a connection with someone, it's not just hearing the words, but you're actually talking to one another about these things. Has, has, has what we talked about tonight in this area on any of those four questions, would anyone want to give a little feedback? Steve? Yes. Uh, somebody very close to me uh, called me the other day and is fearful because of the time in which we live. He's hearing all this stuff in the news, the politics, and, and all the sin that's going on, and the earthquakes, and the hurricanes, and all that's going on. And I know he's, I know my spirit doesn't bear witness with the spirit in a saved sense. So I don't believe he's a Christian. And he's fearful at the times that we live in. And I told him that he needed to come up to the top of the mountain where I am, I mean, I, sometimes I don't feel like I'm at the top of the mountain, but I'm at the top of the mountain with regards to my salvation, and that he needed to make a, a, a choice to have faith in Christ. He knows the answer. He knows how what he has to do, but he's fearful of doing it. And I told him, I said, listen, you're a born leader. You're a natural born leader. Your family, your child is going to just let the Lord do it. You just follow the Lord, and your family will follow you. And he's, he said, well, I'll consider what you told me. And that was as far as it went. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. But... Thank you, Steve. And, and not only that, is uh, I know Christians who are from uh, They see these events. They, they've read the prophetic scriptures. They've seen the signs. And I've seen many Christians who are fearful. Actually, it's a, such an exciting time to be in. Uh, to, to know that, as Esther said, there's such a time as this. God created your life. He wants you here. There's a purpose. And you begin to walk into that purpose to know that you're in step. And that's what a, a disciple does. They're in step. James, did you have it? I saw you raise your hand. Did you have you were scratching your head. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? We were just kind of discussing how difficult it can be. Just to use in that area. And I, I don't think there's a family that's probably 
and not having one member that disagrees, but they don't disagree in love, they disagree in anger. And it's hard to keep peace in the family and be with those people and yet not agree with them and yet love them. It's a difficult situation. Thank you, Margaret, because um, the whole purpose of this tonight from my desire in my heart was not to confront those people uh, that we love because it is difficult and you don't want to wind up in an argument. But what you can do in your prayer closet is extremely powerful. Uh, this is something that's real. And I hope you see, see and sense a little bit the reality of this. We're beginning to see signs of this within our church to have 42 people that were here yesterday praying for the people of Puerto Rico. We're beginning to see the importance of not just in prayer, but bonding together in prayer. Uh, and, and the standard, I think, to visualize, that may be a visualize these stages of seeing the people we love in the wilderness. That's not difficult to do. Of, of asking God in our prayer closet to make a way. And if you realize this is the scripture. God does want to make a way. And, and when you begin to pray with authority in this area, you sense exactly what God's desire is. And you're in agreement with Him. And so don't discount what you can do in your prayer closet for people that when you talk about having difficulty in loving them, you'll see, you'll begin to see changes in attitudes because that's what God does. So I want to thank all of you for coming tonight. And I want to open up the altars. For those that would like to be dismissed, it's 803. You're certainly free to leave. I appreciate what you've come and shared with us on these Wednesday nights. But I think Pastor and I will be up here, and uh, if anyone likes to receive some kind of prayer for anything, you're welcome to come to this office. God bless you. Thank you so much. Lord, we just sent a method that John the Baptist revealed to us through all four of these gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. To our voice crying out. Yes.